You're listening to Seek the Good, Episode 4, Circumstances. This is the podcast where we seek the good in life, in others, and in ourselves to create an extraordinary life. This is Seek the Good, and I'm your host, Jaquel Toll. Today we are going to talk about circumstances. Just to start out, I want to say how happy I am right now with my circumstance because... I'm sitting here in the dark looking at my beautifully lit Christmas tree. (laughs) That's my favorite thing about Christmas is lit Christmas trees. It's the best. I love it. Anyway, I love Christmas. Back to circumstances. (laughs) To define what a circumstance is first, it is the facts of a situation. It's the boring stuff. There's no drama around it. It's just what most people could not argue with being true and agree with. We want to control our circumstances as much as possible. If we aren't wanting it, we're sometimes trying to control the circumstances, but honestly, we have zero control over circumstances. So some examples of this is God's will for us. Um, What our kids or other people say, do, think, or feel. The weather. Who is in our family. The number on the scale. Really, most things are circumstances that we cannot control. But the good news is we can control us. We can control how we feel towards God's will. We can decide how we feel, think, what we do, what we say. We can choose to look at the weather and be happy about it or sad about it. Same with um, our family members. We can love them. Those things are our choice. And the number on the scale, we can't control that. That's kind of a beautiful thing. Like I can worry about eating healthy or exercising the those things that I have control over, what I do, but I honestly have zero control over what my body does with those things, right? And it's a relief, I think, that we don't have control over our circumstances. Sometimes I honestly think things should be a certain way, and then later I realize that that would have been so wrong, and I'm so glad that I don't have the power to control those things so I don't mess it up. Heavenly Father's in control with a lot of circumstances and I'm grateful for that because I would mess it up. (laughs) Even though in the moment I would think I'd know what I was doing, right? Anyways, on another note, some people think our circumstances control us. How do I know that? Because I used to be one of those people. (laughs) Guilty. So I mentioned before that sometimes God's will is the circumstance. And one of God's will for us is the bodies that we are in. God chose what body we would be placed in on earth so that we could experience things from our bodies. And I believe that he chose that very specifically, what kind of life we were to experience based partly on what bodies we were put in. One thing that I grew up hating about my body was my skin. I have very pale skin. I freckle very easily. 
I have to lather up when I go outside because I will get burned so bad. And when I work out, my face gets really red, like tomato red. I'm sure everybody's face kind of gets red, but because of my pale skin, it shows so much. I used to think I had to feel that way about my skin because my skin was was so pale. Like, of course you don't like pale skin. Everybody feels that way. (laughs) But once I realized the circumstance and broke it down, the circumstance is the facts in this I have skin. It is a certain color. It reacts this certain way. And everything beyond that is me putting meaning to it. And that part is my choice. So now I realize I can believe that my skin is beautiful. That it's delicate. That it truly is amazing. It can heal itself. It's such an amazing gift from God. And when I think of it that way, my whole attitude and the way I experience my emotions with how I look and my skin is completely different. Another example of circumstances is what other people say. And sometimes we think what other people say is either positive or negative, and everybody would agree with it that it is positive or negative. For example, when my husband says, I love you. I naturally feel good about that, right? It's a very positive thing. But if you break it down, what's the actual facts? The facts in that situation is my husband said these words. He said, I love you. He said those words and I put meaning to it. I make it a positive thing. Say that somebody just did something awful and mean and they said, I love you right after just to try to make up for that, somebody might think they're just saying that because they want me to forgive them or they're just trying to make it better, but they don't mean it. Then that would be kind of a negative thing, right? But the facts are, they said, I love you. The facts are the actual words they said, and you put meaning around those words. And that's the kind of experience we have in that situation because of what meaning we put to the facts to the circumstance. Another example is if a child says, I hate you. A lot of us would say that's a negative thing, right? And that of course the parent is gonna feel negative. I used to think of course that you'd have to feel negative if somebody says I hate you. But if you break it down, you realize what the circumstance is. What are the facts? The facts are the child said, I hate you, said those three words, but we put meaning to that. We can choose to believe either positive or negative about that. So negative, of course, we believe the words. We believe they really hate us, or we believe, we put more meaning to that, like they'll never love me again, or our relationship is ruined. Whatever meaning you put to that, it could be negative. Or you can, as the parent, stay positive. If a child says, I hate you, you could choose to think they don't mean that. They just mean I hate this situation or they hate what's happening right now, not me. 
They love me, and in two minutes, they're going to want a hug from me because they love me. They don't hate me. So see, the words are the same. The situation, the circumstance, the facts are the same, but I can have a totally different experience depending on what meaning I give to those words. Another example is the weather that I talked about earlier. I used to think rainy meant negative, sunny meant positive, but really the weather is just the weather and I can choose to have different thoughts about it to make it a good thing. If it's rainy, I can be super excited and go run out in the rain and jump in the puddles with my kids and have an amazing, fun experience. I don't have to mean it's negative or gloomy. It's the, the facts are it's raining. There's water falling from the sky, right? <laughs> That's the only fact, and I can put whatever meaning I want around that. Another example is the number on the scale. Those are just numbers. They don't mean anything. We put the meaning to them. A lot of times we do because of social things. People around us make us think you have to weigh this certain amount, right? And the fact is it's just a number and I can put whatever meaning I want to it. Maybe it's a larger number and I think I could put meaning. I enjoy my food and I love every pound on that scale, right? (laughs) Whatever you want. You put that meaning around that, whether it's positive or negative. Same with numbers in a bank account. They're just numbers. We put meaning around it. Say there's $1,000 in a bank account. One person might see $1,000 and they think, how awesome is this? I have $1,000, you know, and they're excited about it. Another person could look at that same amount and think, this is awful. This is going to go so fast. I'm not going to be able to do what I need to do. But the fact is, it's just number, but we put meaning around that. It reminds me of a scripture in 2 Nephi chapter 2. This is where we learn the important aspects of the whole plan of our existence. Adam and Eve took of the fruit so that we could be born, right? And that we could have agency. And we learn in verse 26 that we are to act for ourselves and not to be acted upon. I take that to mean that we are in charge of, of us and every way we view things is in our control. We have that power. President Nelson said, The joy we feel has little to do with the circumstances of our lives and everything to do with the focus of our lives. I love that. That's straight from the prophet. Do we choose to see the positive or the negative? Now, I promise that this is true, that we have the power to view our circumstances however we'd like to, but I also promise that it is really hard to change the way we think sometimes about circumstances, and this is why. We've gotten really, really good at thinking certain things in different situations. We've made a strong habit or a pathway, and it's really hard to change that. (laughs) Some examples from my life for a negative example. When I see my house is messy, honestly, the thought that shoots into my head is I'm a bad mom. (laughs) And I'm working on this. I know when that thought enters my mind, I tell myself that that's not true. And I talk myself out of that. Um, Because I know that thinking I'm a bad mom does nothing good for me. 
Anyways, for a positive example, I'm really good at, and I feel my husband's really good at this as well, is that we look for the good in each other. So anytime I see my husband, I think of how thoughtful he is, and I think of all the positive things, and I honestly feel that I am the luckiest girl in the world because of the way I choose to see our circumstances and in our relationship. And he does the same to me, luckily, because if he was to look for the negative or the, you know, things I could be doing better, he'd definitely find it, right? <laughs> but um, we choose to look at those things, and we're both really good at that, I feel like. Just a warning, though, going along with that, whatever we choose to think about, we will find the evidence for it. So whatever we think about a circumstance, we will find the evidence for it. So if we think our friend or child or husband or coworker is fill in the blank, either lazy, cranky, bossy, insensitive, we will find a lot of evidence for that. Our brain is really, really good at finding that evidence, finding any evidence we need. It's really good at that. But if we think our, insert child, friend, husband, coworker, is kind or thoughtful or funny or brilliant, we will also find the evidence for that. So a few more examples of more circumstances that I've thought of the last day or so is text messages. We give so much meaning into how people write their text messages. It's kind of funny, my mother-in-law, I love her, she uses only periods at the end of every text she sends, and my mind always wants to go to, is she upset, or is she mad, but then I just remind myself, no, she, that's what she does, she always ends in periods, and that's okay, because she doesn't want to use exclamation marks and thing, you know, stuff like that, which is totally fine. Also, with my husband, he's a cop and has to rush around sometimes or text me back really quickly. Or sometimes he probably just doesn't want to text, you know. Sometimes it's just nice to send a quick text and not have to worry about what the other person's going to think, right? So my husband, no matter what he sends me, sometimes he writes out things really nicely or whatever. Sometimes it's a quick text. I never give any meaning to it. If there's not an exclamation mark or a heart at the end of it, I don't give any meaning to it. It's okay. Sometimes if people write okay we think they're mad at us why didn't they say wonderful or sounds great right they just put okay don't give meaning to that stuff it's not worth it because you can't tell what they meant by that so don't worry about it and also let's keep in mind that if somebody uses an exclamation mark it does not mean that they're ecstatic about that right it just means they chose to use that punctuation but they could be actually really mad. <laughs> Who knows, right? So don't give a lot of meaning into the text. The text is the circumstance, and we just put a lot of thoughts around it. <laughs> so choose wisely those thoughts, how you want to think in that moment. Um, another circumstance I thought of was death. When somebody we love dies, we get to choose what we think about that circumstance. And honestly, I want to be sad in that moment. I want to let sadness come inside me and be able to feel it and work through it. But eventually, I want to get out of that and I want to feel peace about it. For example, my grandma who passed away 
four years ago. She was one of my best friends, and I miss her terribly. And there's little things that remind me of her, and I am really quick to tears when I think about her, even talking about her right now. I'm quick to tears because I love her so much, and I miss her right after I say that. I let myself feel that little bit of sadness, <laughs> and I say, you know, I miss her. Then I always bring it back to, I'm so excited to see her again because I believe and know that I will. And that brings me back to peace. And I'm able to think of that circumstance in a, and I focus that circumstance in the more positive things. I think about that I will be able to get to see her again. I'm so excited for that. Another circumstance is callings. Um, one thing I thought about is how my husband was in the elders quorum presidency and he loved it, and he got released when they combined the elders' quorum and the high priest. And so many people were like, oh, aren't you so glad you got released kind of thing? And he he always was like, no, I love that calling. <laughs> there was parts of it that I'm sure were hard, and, you know, he had a lot of responsibility and stuff, but he focused to see those things as positive. He loved serving. He loved being able to be there for the people of our ward when they needed him and that they would ask him for help. And so it's just no matter what calling we get, whether it be nursery, you know, some circumstances are harder to be positive about. But if we look for the good, we, we can get there. I love Elder Uchtdorf talk about being grateful in any circumstance in, in 2014. He talks about that no matter what our circumstances, we can choose gratitude in those moments. And he says, true gratitude is an expression of hope and testimony. It comes from acknowledging that we do not always understand the trials of life, but trusting that one day we will. Being grateful in our circumstances is an act of faith in God. It requires that we trust God and hope for things we may not see, but which are true. By being grateful, we follow the example of our beloved Savior, who said, Not my will, but thine be done. Some of our hardest circumstances in this life are other people. President Eyring said, Difficult as circumstances may be, they do not relieve us of accountability for our actions and for our inactions. So sometimes we might think that something is a circumstance because everybody else believes it. So here's an example. Um, Say you have someone in your life that you believe is rude because they point out everything you did wrong. And maybe in this situation where this person pointed out what you did wrong, maybe there was a lot of other people in the room that heard it. You thought what they said was rude, and everybody else in the room, if you asked them, they probably would agree with you. And they probably would say that person was rude as well, right? But it still isn't the circumstance. This person is rude is not a cir- the circumstance. Break it down to the circumstance. It is that that person said these specific words and everything besides that is us giving meaning or focus or thoughts around, around that circumstance. So listen up. I'm not saying that we can't think that someone is rude or lazy or whatever. I'm just saying we have control to think that or not. We have that control. 
sometimes you might want to think that person was rude, right? Maybe that'll serve you in that moment. But sometimes maybe you're trying to feel real Christ-like love for somebody. Maybe that person that said that to you. And if you are going to feel Christ-like love for this person, can you be thinking, that was so rude. (laughs) Can you imagine the Savior saying, how rude, right? I can't picture him saying that. What I can imagine is the Savior as he truly is. No matter what the Savior's circumstance was, no matter what was going on around him, he always had complete control over his thoughts, his actions, his behaviors. And that's what we're working towards. Carolyn G. Depp from Hawaii shared this on LDS.org and it's titled Freedom Beyond Circumstances. It says, The Savior's Atonement reminds us that real freedom is freedom of attitude. One may be bound in chains, whipped, enslaved, or mocked. He may lose freedom of movement, expression, and religion, but there is one freedom that no man on earth has power to control or to confiscate. Each person's freedom to determine his actions or response to a given circumstance. The Savior was arrested, whipped, and beaten. He was taunted, teased, mocked, and ridiculed. His pain was ignored, laughed at, and unappreciated. And yet, in the midst of such degradation, he still claimed and utilized that basic freedom to determine his response to the situation. At the height of his pain, he chose to view his tormentors, his accusers, and his doubters with tenderness and to forgive them. So also, we, in our own problems, retain at least this one undeniable right to choose our responses to them. And in lifting our responses to mirror his great example of other-centeredness, we can utilize our attitudes as well as our actions to grow daily to be more like him. So let's try to be more like the Savior and not let our circumstances control us. Step back. What are the facts? What do I have control over? Usually it's just the thoughts in our head that we have control over. So we might as well use them to help us the most. And try to think what thoughts the Savior would think. So that we can show up in the way the Savior would show up. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week.